0: and oh, sir. <laughs>
1: post a, do a Facebook live just to, you know, involve more people. Some people don't want to dial in. Some people, you know, take issue with that. And, yes, you will hear a little bit of sniffling today. Unfortunately, I feel like I'm coming down with something yet again. I just can't stay healthy for some reason. But we're going to work that out. So I'm excited to say, that today on today's show, Therese Michelle, our favorite, will be joining us as well as the Archbishop Carl Bean. And so with that being said, you know, it's going to be a very good conversation. So please let everybody you know know that they should be calling in to either add to the discussion or to learn from the discussion. All right? So what we're going to do right now is um, what I'd like to do is play some maybe, I don't know, I want to play some music just to get us started. And I'm thinking it's the Christmas season, and it's also – I don't know. Mr. Mr. Uh, Kenny Bobian is on my mind, so I'll probably play something by him today. Um, I just really want to get it started. Maybe a little gospel house. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm always feeling Ann Nesby. So let's start with Miss Ann Nesby, 10 Zillion Light Years. How about that? Let's do that. You're listening to WJBR Internet Radio, Brunch in the Basement with Javon. Bye.
0: And we're listening to Brunch in the Basement with Jaban Armstrong.
1: I had to play her twice, you know, I love, love that voice, and okay, so i a quick quick, quick confession, okay, quick confession, y'all know y'all already know I'm a alcoholic, right, and last night, I had this very interesting dream about miss Shaka Khan, and um i I don't know. I I don't know how to express it, except to say that there was a lot of sweating going on in the dream, you know? Um, And, and Shaka Khan was doing most of the sweating and, but we were, I don't like somebody was wiping the sweat while she was she was singing and it was, it was just a beautiful, it was crazy. But anyway, just to say, I'm saying that as to say, I have to have my Shaka-holic moment now, like I have to have every week. So Again, because the Archbishop will be joining us shortly, and I want us to get into the mood or the mode of being our best conscious self to really be listening and to, you know, open up in in our spirit. Um, I'm going to play a chakra song because I just have to, and I'm going to play a live version of Through the Fire and... Um, You know, I think the spirit hits her when she's singing this. So y'all check this out, and I'm going to do what I do, and um, we'll be back shortly, okay? But check this out. Shopper Khan Through the Fire with a little something extra on WJBR. (laughs) moment because that's just who I am and what I do. So first of all, um, before we go any further, I want to say hello to a couple of people. Hello, Janelle G.G. Torres and Jaji Torres. How y'all doing out there? Make sure y'all keep yourself warm and safe. It's very cold outside. Samara, how are you? Renee, thanks for joining us. Sabrina Timmons, how you doing, sweetheart? Long time no see. Russell, how you doing, brother? And um, Jide Rebirth McCauley, thank you for calling in. Wanda, thank you for calling in. Archbishop, I see you looking at the line. We got you on the line. We waiting. Therese Michelle will be joining us shortly on the line. Uh, Charles Moore, how you doing? Yvonne Belafonte, love you, sis. Hope you're doing well. Charles. Haven't seen you in a long time, but good to see you up here. Day-day. Happy birthday to you, darling. We'll see you soon. I'm glad you're here. And, um, you know, one thing I want to do, I want to get this this uh, started a little bit more. Um, what I'd like to do is I know y'all all know Born This Way. That That's simple, right? I mean, it's it's simple knowledge, in fact, that. That is our national anthem. They can play what they want. But we all know that when that song, Born This Way, plays, we all go crazy. Or maybe I know I'm not the only one. Because, you know, y'all don't leave no room on the dance floor for older, short, aging, arthritic people when that song comes on. Y'all just knock me out the way. So maybe I'll play. Should I play that now? I'm gonna play I'm gonna play Born This Way now just to get y'all ready for the Archbishop, okay? Um or how about this? How about I play something by the Archbishop that y'all may not know that is very, very um it, it transcends time, this song transcends time. And is very relevant relevant to where we are today. Let me play. Love is all we need. You learn something when you listen. This is called being one. W- <laughs> co-host is joining us and I, I always get excited I, I like a kid who is their best friend <laughs> Hi, you ever see a kid when they see their friends they run to their friends that's how I feel whenever I um, have the great fortune to talk to and commune with Therese Michelle for so many reasons um, not only because she's brilliant she is also a warm and loving person very generous um she's an advocate in the same spirit that you know i'm gonna put i'm gonna put up there i'm gonna put up there because she she leads she she leads by example she loves by example you know um if, if I throw out names, I get controversial But let me just say I have the utmost and highest respect For Therese um, And she doesn't like that Celebrity title, that's so funny Because she is very humble And, and that's, that's groovy, you know But um,
0: You're a superstar Superstar <laughs> Thank you so much um.
2: Good
1: morning. Good morning. Good morning, dear church. How you guys doing? I'm good. I'm good. Now, I haven't brought on the Archbishop, but Archbishop, so is, um, he's holding on right now, and, and we're going to bring him on in a second. Um, but I just wanted to check in with you first. You know, it's been a minute since, you know, you've been on the show, and just wanted to um, check in with you and what you're up
2: to these days. Oh, man, I've been, it's, it's been a, a busy time since we've last uh, spoken. Am I coming through clearly? Can you hear me?
1: Um, I can hear you. I'm wondering whether or not the people on live can hear you. I can hear you well. Can okay, you hear me? I'm
2: recovering. Yes, I can hear you well. I can hear you well. I'm just recovering okay. from a bit of laryngitis, so bear with me, but I'm good. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay, you know. It's one of the occupational hazards from running your mouth excessively. (laughs) So it
1: happens. (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. So, so what's going on with you? What, what you up to, man?
2: Well, since the last time we've spoken, um, we've uh, come back from off tour. We in Australia tour, um, with my wife, and prior to that, um which uh, Dean was uh, responsible for in some respect. We were honored um, at Unity, uh, Unity Church. For, we got the Life Award, um, Love is for Everyone Award, right before actually literally stepping on the plane. And, you know, of course, watching and, and uh, advocating and, and uh, kind of petitioning in some respect um, what's been going on politically in Alabama from this end and, uh, Neutrality—it's a lot of stuff going on right now. So, you know, just paying attention, being hyper vigilant, and um, trying to get through these holidays with people because it's tis the season for a lot of depression. And uh, you know, just trying to stay afloat in that in that space, and you know, keep each other lifted.
1: Exactly. You know, um, speaking. Let Let me just backtrack a little bit about the tour. Um, that your wife did in Australia. I was, you know, always looking at the pictures, wishing that I, y'all had packed me up in the suitcase and taken me <laughs> with you. 'Cause it looked like a fabulous tour. You know, Miss Monifu was doing her
2: thing. Oh man, she murdered it actually. And uh it was just, it was it was the perfect cocktail of uh Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful people, first of all. And it was such a non ego you say ego free zone with them vibing as artists and of course, you know, you take you know, and these were all American artists. no, I'm sorry, actually Sean Paul is not and uh but all American artists basically that went over and um to Australia and sold out arenas and every single arena was sold out. They toured, they went to Brisbane, Sydney, um Melbourne, uh, there's five places, some of the places escaped me. We flew into China and uh, kind of just made the move. And everywhere we went, it was sold out. But most brilliantly about it was because um, everybody was engaged, they had this really interesting um, fellowship that kind of set the tone for the entire Monifa. We have Ruffin, we had Califes. We had Sean Paul, we had Mario, we had Kelly Rowland, we had um, Christina Milian, we had, um, who else? Who else? i trying to think. Um, Ching Chingaling, which is another artist out of um, Jamaica. He's Sean Paul's artist, actually, who was absolutely adorable and very funny. Um, I said Kelly Rowland. Uh, oh, and I'm sorry, Craig David. Craig David. And the perfect cocktail just for amazing fellowship, amazing music, and just, you know, just a great tour. And I have to say, um, the tour company was consummate professionals from bow to stern. They had them covered from the moment they woke up to the moment they touched down, you know, after parties. Oh, and I'm sorry, I have I have, I can't forget hosted by um, the legendary Fat Man Scoop, who is his own movement. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. He's
2: his, he's his own movement, and, you know, most of the artists go out to Australia, and they just, you know, do their thing and just kind of rally the people, and the, the crowds are so receptive and uh, so warm and giving and just appreciative, you know. And Neo, I'm sorry, my baby, Neo, my yeah, right, brother. Yeah, right, right. I forgot I was
0: saying this. Somebody Uh-oh. else I
1: saw in the pictures. yeah.
2: Yeah, my baby, my baby, my Libra, we celebrated our birthdays together. Yeah, I, uh, he's such an amazing spirit and a tremendous talent and just so warm and giving. He and his wife, Crystal, It's just just amazing, just amazing. And folks came and, you know, with their families and just kind of rolled out and made it happen each night, you know. That's
1: beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And then to, to talk about a little bit, to talk a little bit about the – Award that you received at the Unity Fellowship Church. Um, that was an amazing night.
2: Yes, um, it was.
1: You and and Mo, you know, when y'all are just that power couple, that amazing example of love. God is love, and love is for everybody. I think a real tribute to what it is that to one of the things that that it is that Carl Bean has dedicated his life to.
2: Yes, yes, yes. I, you know, it's so funny because, you know, talk about full circles, you know, and I'll just share this briefly. You know, growing up, you know, I've always, I was, I've always been this, this person in my skin, and what I mean by that is, you know, just um, here and queer <laughs> in my skin. And when I connected with um, I'm Happy, Carefree, Gay, the song itself, you know, Born This Way is actually the title it spoke to me in ways that you have no idea. It just kind of, you know, gave me all, everything I needed at the time that was dropped. And it was my personal anthem, you know, outside of the anthem for everybody else, but, you know, my personal anthem. And later in life, to be honored um, by the the institution, that this this, um, brilliant, magnificent, um, smart, uh, necessary, Bishop. Um, it, it just, it just brought it all home for me, and I could not believe it because literally, I'm talking like, I identified this song. I'm not gonna say what age, but I was a young, young, probably preteen. You know, just kind of, really, really, really making that. It got me through. You know, so I would like to, when he gets so on, just personally thank him for, you know, giving me a soundtrack for um, at a very, very early age for that.
0: Yeah,
1: and you're definitely not alone in that. I think all of us, especially those of us—I don't want to age you, but I'll—I'll I'll, I'll date myself. Um, coming up in the '80s, or the '70s, really, but coming—coming coming out, really coming out in the '80s, um, during a time that being black and queer was not widely accepted there was no social media.
2: Right.
1: You know, it it just, it it was just a different um, time. And so we didn't have that. And so a song like that was just amazing and how it gave you that thing that you could sing out loud and proud. And, you know, it was was the anthem. And it still is the anthem, even for the young folks today. But I don't think they can understand what it is not to not to have that. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, it's just different. So I think with no further ado, it's time for us to bring the man on. Um, but, Therese, before I do that, actually, um, I've given you – I don't know if you're able to. If not, it's cool. You know, I keep trying to – Use all the technology at one time You know what I'm saying um, So if you're able to um, I sent you an, an invite to join the live On Facebook okay. I don't know if you're able to be on And do um, live at the same time But if you can
2: <laughs> You may not want me live right now <laughs> Let oh really?
1: You look as crazy as I do right
2: now. Well, I um, uh, my wife had a show last night, and we uh, went to this amazing party show in the Horn with a couple of friends. So I just said, okay, let me grab my earphones and I'm kind of lounge out <laughs> for real, for real. <laughs> let me, let so so it you cheated like a little bit. I it a little bit. It a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, a put a,
1: you you put it right on. Put it on the eyes because you know how the women go crazy. Oh, you know, her eyes. Her eyes. I don't you know what? I get that in on you every know time, what? And every time I talk to you, I got to teach you about that because I'm jelly. I'm straight up jelly. That's all. Her eyes. I got eyes. See, people looking at Facebook, I, I have eyes. Yeah. You know anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right. I know. I'm, I'm a clown, but you know. I'm trying to get it in here. Let me see. So it's on your page, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to do that. And I have managed, because I'm sitting here clowning, I have managed to lose every piece of audio, like the music. And uh, I, I would be remiss to, to bring on the Archbishop without the hand claps.
0: I think I just
1: got, I got, you know, As y'all can see, I'm in my basement and there's, you know, really no live studio audience here. But because I love him as much as I do, because he deserves the accolades, he deserves the honor and respect. This man, you know, Unity Fellowship Church is not just a church. Dig it. Unity, unity coming together. Fellowship where a lot of my friends, my fellowshipping has taken place since the '80s. Movement. 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 A movement. See, there's power in the words. There's power in this power, and this man created a movement that has saved lives. And and my little hand claps, <laughs> you know, they they they're not really gonna do any justice but the standing ovation that he deserves from all around the world you know that I hope as I bring him on wherever you are listening whether you're listening on your phone your iPod if you are listening later if you are listening now if you're watching the Facebook live I don't care how you're listening you're on blog talk you're on tune in Stand up. How you doing, Archbishop?
3: I'm fine this morning. How are you both? We are blessed and blessed to have you. Well, I'm blessed to be here with you this morning and grateful. And we're grateful for you.
1: So I know I know you wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, the things that are going on today and if, if I don't know whether or not you and Therese know one another personally, but let me please introduce you. Both of you are people that I respect and admire and full circle, this is um this is now's the time.
2: Good morning, Archbishop. My pleasure. And we know we don't know each other and I'm super excited to meet you.
3: Well, good morning, Therese, and I feel the same. I'm so very proud of you and your wife uh, it, it, and what you're doing. I was able from California to be one of those first person singular people in your lives, in your courtship and your wedding, and it just thrilled me to no end uh, because I've been saying for the longest time when is one of our uh, great talents, female going to come out of that proverbial closet? Because there was Katie lying and there was Melissa Etheridge and, you know, they just kept coming. And I said, you know, when are we going to make it comfortable uh, on our side uh, to allow one of our female artists to be the artist that she is, and to be honest about all of who she is, and continue to make her living in the arts. And when Monifa made that move, and the beauty of allowing the entire populace to be invited inside with all that it takes to make that decision and to make that move, I was just bubbling over with pride, and I couldn't get enough of you. I put you guys on record and just kept repeated watching it over and over again. So I just want to know how much I appreciate your abilities, your forthrightness, but most of all the fact that whatever you had to go through as private citizens You went through that and still decided this is right, it's the right thing to do. And with what's going on in society, we want to do this for the world to see so that that little girl, little boy, wherever they are, that's feeling suicidal or feeling like it's impossible to be honest about their identity, can really know that it's okay and it does get better. So I just want to applaud you and your wife for taking that step and for taking it in such a public way. And you will never know the lives that you've saved and the lives that you've touched. But you also need to understand what you did in black America by yes. taking that step. So I am I just couldn't wait. When they said we wanted to give the awards, I said, well, we don't have to vote on this. I can tell you who's going to get that one. So, wow. wow. So, absolutely. So I'm, I'm very glad that Javon has brought us together, and I look forward to um, one day sitting down and breaking bread and just getting to be family together in
2: person. Absolutely. Oh, my God, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I so appreciate it. And you have, a, I'm not sure if you heard prior to you coming on, but you have serviced my spirit at a very early age, you know, and planted a seed um, through music and, and, and through love, which is what music does. It's powerful by giving me the anthem as a young, young girl um, searching for a spirit or searching for something to connect to you know, that spoke to me and that empowered me in a way with, with Born This Way. I can't tell you what that song did for me very early and still does to me now every time I hear the opening chords. So thank you so much. I, I am humbly and graciously received that coming from you. I appreciate it so much. You have no idea.
3: You're more than welcome. You're more than welcome.
1: So... I just want to say that um, for those listening, for those watching, and let me just give them all a a quick shout-out, Archbishop and Therese, just so that y'all know that um, the lines are going crazy and there are a lot of people joining us on the live video. You have uh, Rachel Crane. How you doing, Rachel? Philip Premier, Tamika R. McDonald, Eric Gannison. I like to say hello to everybody. Asabi who's also one of the warriors at uh, Unity in Newark. Nicole Cherise, Michelle James, how you doing? Hey, Joe. Um, Corey Turner, also of Unity Fellowship. Russell E. Thornhill Elder um, is in the house from California, and God bless you too, sir. Damon is letting us know that he can hear us, and it is his birthday, so we shout him out. Um, Armand Anderson, the Reverend Victoria M. Castillo from Unity, one of one of the servants servants of um, the Lord, Angela C. Smith, and you're very welcome. Thank you. thank you for listening. And we're talking about I was born this way, and I'm going to try to play it at the end of the show. And um, Tina, how you doing, sweetheart? Shannon. Tina says I'm silly. Tina is absolutely right. is Young. And um Damon said that there is also power in the name of Carl Bean. Angie
0: Cockburn,
1: Walker. Sonia Moore. Mo Measy George. What's up, Mo? And um Therese, I see you hanging out on the line, but I I still don't see I don't see the eyes, the eyes. So I like to tease her about that, Archbishop. Forgive me, I, I'm silly. But um, one thing I'm not silly about, and and one of my favorite sayings is, be worthy of the bullet that's coming to get you. So what I mean by that is that we all die by by some means, right? And when we do something really big in the world, when we make power moves that disrupts the dysfunction of the world. Now, think about people, examples like – Lincoln, right? Abraham Lincoln, uh, uh, Martin Luther King, uh, Malcolm X. You know, if you're going to be shot down for something, don't just be a voice like he, Lincoln, let's just say, for example, a presidential voice that's anti-slavery. No, this man made moves, not only, and we know it wasn't just about slavery, it was about other things, but he disrupted people's comfort level in their dysfunction. Let's look at Martin Luther King, right, the Reverend Doctor. Hey, he was about, no, we're not sitting on the back of the bus. We are going to make this whole segregation thing uncomfortable, and they shot him. They could shoot me for being a lesbian, for being a black lesbian. They could have shot you, Archbishop, for, for starting a, a a a gay church, and and you, Therese, just for simply being a lesbian and with a high-profile celebrity. But no, you two, you two took it to a whole nother level. It's not just Unity Fellowship Church. You created a movement, a movement across the country. Therese, you and Monifa went on cable television where millions saw. You, you you, understand what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about, people. Don't just do a thing. Be worthy because you can get killed for anything, just for being black, just for being gay, just for being anti or pro. Be worthy because they could come for you. But if you're going to come for me, come for me not just because I'm gay. Come, Come for me because... I'm, I'm doing this podcast and I'm trying to promote it or, or I'm doing marriage equality concerts. You know what I'm saying? And, and so with that, what, what I'm trying to say, you know, if somebody is going to let, let me, let me just say you could also be worthy of the bullet that's coming to get you for doing negative things. Think of Hitler. He just wasn't an anti-Semite. You know, took that thing to a, to another extreme. You know, and, and I'm definitely not advocating for that, obviously, right? Um, right. But what I'm saying is, if you're going to do it, do it. Does that make sense?
2: All right. Absolutely. And
1: and, and and I'm honored to be sitting here speaking with you. So with that, I'm going to let you all talk about what's going on in the world
2: today where do you want to start there's so much stuff happening <laughs> um it's like a uh, well shout out to well, shout out to Australia speaking of Australia shout out to Australia for uh making the decision cuz while we were there they were having their marriage, marriage for equality um voting too so that was something else before you performed to remind them that, that it was happening and that we had to because the pulse was there you know they were actively trying to engage in that and getting ready to rule again. And um, it passed. So Australia is now recognizing same-sex marriages and they will be sealing up the rest of that to ensure that happens. They got the decision very recently after having tried to battle it out for many years. So shout out to Australia for um, recognizing that love is love. Um, That's great news. And here, oh gosh, uh, we just um <laughs> I'm just looking for where Omarosa's office was that she got booted out of, but that was a necessary step uh We can go on from that because it's too many things too too many things, but politically this uh we got a lot of work to do, good people Alabama had great success with keeping people that didn't des- a person that did not deserve to be anywhere near the seat um in office. So that's amazing and that was um, tremendous. And what's even more tremendous is when they released the numbers of uh, people voting because, you know, they have to know who did this or who was responsible. Guess who was the largest population of folks that drove these numbers home?
1: Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> black, black, black women. Black women led the vote for uh, keeping um, and I don't like, I don't believe in honoring people in names that um, don't serve us well. But uh, black women were responsible for the victory in Alabama, and that needs to be known. And on a bigger level, what needs to be known is that when we as a people are united, we are unstoppable. When we as a people are united, are unstoppable. And that may be the single, if not only thing, that I can think of that we need to get better with, you know, because when it happens, it happens. We've got a blueprint of that. It happened in our history. When we are united, we are unstoppable because we possess everything else, everything else. We lack nothing. So when we are united as a people, we can change the world. And uh, Alabama is a small part of that, you know. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. I I agree with that 100%. Uh, what I ask our people to do is to make sure that they stay locked into the social justice ethic as we continue our spiritual journey and not fall back into... Uh, the the simplistic idea of spirituality that only seeks to deal with a mythological uh, happiness in the hereafter. That it's real important that they understand that unity is birthed out of resistance. It was not birthed out of, I need to be accepted by the larger organization, quote, the church, the church said, uh, let them die, and chose uh, verses to say these are the reasons that we are authentic in our theological thinking around them having these diseases and dying and We have permission to look the other way and do nothing about it. Unity was birthed in resistance to organized church, organized religion, and the black church as a whole doing nothing about the deaths among our brothers and sisters due to HIV, and it's important that our members and those that are part of who we are, never lose sight of that. Never lose sight of, it was not me just saying, oh, let's start a church where gay people can be comfortable. It was, my brothers are dying. I've spent my entire young life as a professional gospel singer with one of the biggest gospel acts in black gospel at the time Alex Bradford and the Bradford Singers knowing that the bulk of the gospel field is in fact gay and lesbian they're not just going to allow us to die when we have sung and built many of these churches and been in the back rooms with many of these people when we as young boys were molested, accosted by so many of these preachers who in the next moment after ejaculation would come up with, now let us pray and ask God to forgive us. I, I was in the back room, and then I would be in the front room, in the robe, in the largest venues, in the biggest conferences, uh, creating systems for them to bankroll what they were doing. And just everything in me rose up and said, no, you're not going to just let us die and turn your head the other way and use some antiquated scriptures and excuse your behavior. So I want, just want to make sure our people understand that every time you walk into a unity fellowship worship space, it is much more than just, a way for you to be able to practice a tradition or to deal with ritual and make it first. It is birthed out of the social justice ethic, and we must understand that every time we go to that place to have corporal worship, we must always have on the, in the front of our minds and hearts those issues that our sisters Still deal with as second class citizens, not being paid in equality, and still being harassed. This entire thing around sexuality now with women that has, men have been given a pass. We as black men must understand we've never had the privilege of what white men have had, but we've had male privilege as men. So I just want to say at this time it's so important that our membership, be constantly vigilant and remember why spirit called us into being. And it was not just to practice rituals and go away after the 11 o'clock hour or whenever we meet and call it a day. That might my, my call, being called forth both at Motown Studios When I had no idea, I would be asked to sing about being homosexual in the public environment. And when I knew that was spirit guiding it's because I was brought into the office with Mr. Gordy, and he purposely welcomed me. They didn't treat me like a second-class citizen, and he didn't put it on a subsidiary label. I wasn't on Tamla or any of those subsidiaries. He put I Was Born This Way on Motown, on the main label, and my picture was in the hallway with Ross and the Timps and everyone. So I knew this is a seminal moment that a power greater than me has brought about because I didn't send the tape, I didn't audition, I didn't approach Motown. It, it came and found me. So I just want everybody involved in our work to understand and when they interviewed me, asked me, when did the ministry start? I always tell them, the day I stood in Mo West Studios and said, from a little bitty boy, from a little bitty boy, I was born this way. Love me like I love you. And together, ain't no telling what, we'll do." born this way. That's the beginning of Spirit taking my voice worldwide. That was heard as Uh, In Australia, in Germany, in London, I still get hits on Facebook from disc jockeys and people around the globe. So just be mindful, always, when you come together in the name of Unity Fellowship, that you're coming together in the tradition of Dr. King, of Mary McLeod Bassoon, who founded National Council of Negro Women, who honored our work. Uh, Remember, we got the Image Award back in 87 from NAACP. We don't forget those things. I got the Prophetic Witness Award from the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Remember how broad we are respected and that we are a part of the civil rights movement. We are not separate from our people's struggle. So that's the main thing I want to get across on the air today. Remember who unity is. Don't get lost in hymn singing and clapping and rocking and amening that you are somehow docile and not available to shake up the world when it comes to the freeing of our people.
2: Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Amen thank you. You know, a lot of people don't have have never heard that, and I hope that those who are listening will, will share that message. And you know, Therese also you you mentioned about the the um the Alabama vote, right? And and, and it really ties in the power that we have when we band together to make a difference, to, to make a positive difference.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. We've seen that. Uh, we've, Like I said, we've got the blueprint from, uh, depending on your age group, you know, um, when uh, the tradition says that Rosa Parks uh, did not want to give up her seat, and when we band together, we were able to change things, you know, um, most famously, the Montgomery boycott, Black boycott, and those same rules apply, you know, um, today. And like I said, we don't lack anything; we need, um, so we can change our, our dollars. Our spending is projected in the trillions in this company. I mean, in this in this business called America. Let's just say our money, our spending habits are projected in the trillions in the country's economy. Therefore. You know, we have a say-so in how it is run. And given that, we can change things when we meet them where they are. And there are a lot of disparities, and separation is the key to keeping us in a state that separates and locks us into submission, so to speak, to what's going on. But, you know, people that we have in office right now, because they're business people, do understand the power of uh, the dollar, if nothing else. And absolutely, they've displayed it's nothing else. But they are not for the people or the survival of the people, and it's been demonstrated through their acts and deeds thus far. So we just have to make sure that when we understand what our power is, that we utilize it in the way that's most effective, and it's generally in their pockets. Um, And standing united is the biggest threat of anything else. And Bishop Dean, thank you for that, because... um, that was very, very, very important, and uh, I'm glad this is a taped show because it's something that needs to be heard on a wider platform. But thank you for sharing the history and the, uh, how uh, unity was germinated and came into fruition under what spirit, and um, the spirit that still takes it today. You know, Thank you.
3: Oh, you're more than welcome. We just must stay vigilant, especially now. We cannot ever go along to get along. We can't allow the word Christian to be used, and we buy into that meaning the same thing from whomever the speaker might be. We cannot close our eyes to the entire southern white evangelical uh, voting swath that, Supports Trump and all of his racist, misogynist, <clears throat> ugly uh, ideas that he's trying to put forth, that all those TV preachers, the Paula Whites, and all, we cannot get hypnotized into that which is totally against us. When you don't see people on the front line with our people, with Black Lives Matter, with the organizations that are out there advocating for human rights and justice, when you don't see them ever present, ever mentioning, that tells you how they vote behind closed doors. And we have to stop sticking our heads in the sands and talking about these closeted preachers that never vote for us and try to dance around the issues of being same-gender loving and people sending me things that they're preaching and saying, I don't want to read nothing they're saying, hear nothing they're saying. I don't believe in propping up the people that vote against my existence. I don't care what color they are what category they walk under, a a Noah tree by the fruit it bears. If we don't see it bearing any liberated fruit, if we don't see it standing when they're putting up new agendas for us to have our freedoms like marriage rights, if we don't see their faces on any of the newscasts and speaking in the affirmative for us, then we know who they are and where they stand and what they speak. And we just can't be yoked into this, this community under the banner of Christian. There were slave ships named Jesus, named Jesus, slave ships. So the, it was what we were given as an intro to spirituality, It was only the intro to spirituality, and through it, we have continued to deal with the inward journey. By no means does my theology match what the fundamentalist white Southern Christian theology teaches, and we have to be very, very careful to be honest and truthful to what we believe. That's in all of our churches, and we must understand that it's about spirituality and that the Bible is simply a history book of a people in time, a record of their spiritual journey. It is not the source itself that is eternal. It is not the thing by which we have to govern everything we do and say. It is a guide. It is a text. The power itself is the very life that we live. The very breath that we breathe is the eternal source. It is bigger than any book could ever be or could contain what it does and what it is made of. You must remember who we are and live it and own it. And that is the thing I want to get through clear, very clearly today, and that you hear it from me. That is who I am, crusader. I stand with Harriet Tubman. I stand with all of our ancestors who gave their lives that we might have the fruit of liberty wherever we land in the world. And that is just so important. More than anything, as I enter my senior years, I want that recorded and heard coming directly from me. God, that word, simply is a word descriptive of the inward journey and the power in the universe that is present in all things. It is not anything that fits Any box, whether Christian, Hebrew, Muslim, Islamic, it is bigger than all of that. That is who unity is. So to my members and others that are listening, understand that is what Dr. King and others were able to proclaim. A God bigger than the American Christian Church at the time in the South who who was okay with us being in the back of the bus who would leave worship service and come out and hang us, snap pictures, cut off parts of our bodies, go back inside and sing Amazing Grace. We cannot forget that history. We cannot forget they just voted overwhelmingly to put a pedophile in office in Alabama. We cannot forget that, and we cannot be oozed into some kind of Christian uh, subservience, please, please hear me today. You call me a prophet, hear the prophet's voice today that was sent forth for our liberation and stand tall and stand firm against anything that would deny your right to be fully who you are in every of your being. I don't want to take up the whole broadcast, but I just want to use it today to let Oh you... no,
2: no.
0: Oh no, no. Yes.
2: you continue. Yes. You continue speaking exactly. a spirit greater. You you have your way absolutely. I we're totally in tune. Amen. Carry on. Yes, yeah, so I I I love you all.
3: But you know, I got far fewer in front of me years than I have behind me. And I want this work to live on long after me, but I want it to live on authentically doing what it was breathed into the world to do, to respond to anything that comes forth from any political system, any religious organization that would put down another human being for any purpose whatsoever. And the ugliness that's going on around us now, we cannot close our minds or our eyes to the evil that is present in the White House, in the Congress, in the Senate, all around us. It is a backlash. We have a man that is so strident with his envy of a black man having been president that he's willing to take the health care of the masses of the citizens just on his own personal vendetta to destroy Mm -hmm. everything a black president did. So he's over and over tried to get in that that separate mandate to fund this health care, and he put it into this tax bill. He, He failed every other way, and they put it in this tax bill. That's this white supremacist, male, privileged hater of black people, and especially black men, to such a degree that in his own personal evil, he has to see that he wipes out whatever Obama did, and he's willing to sacrifice the health of masses of human beings, and they're standing up with him, the Southern evangelical Christians, the bulk of those southern, they just don't wear the hood anymore. It's the same folk. Unity, you must always be vigilant. Whether that's up north or down south, you must step back, look at who's talking, but then look at that tree. And if it's never bad, the fruit of the speech it's making, call it what it is and stand firm against it. And so that's what I want you to hear from me more than anything. Take it with you today as you move forward. Write your own chapter in your own book. Let the chapter of your life be the title of the testament for your life to talk about that which is greater than you. That's all those testaments are. They are the testament of a particular writer. Most of the names on them aren't the original writers. It's two and three generations down who were possibly their disciples. Know what that book really is and stop giving it some kind of perfected place in history that it should not hold. No writing, whether the Constitution, the Bible, the Koran, everything should be looked at in accordance to the time it was written and what was happening culturally, the dynamic of the culture at the time that it was being written, and where we are today in what we know. We are far more enlightened than they ever could have been. We are far more enlightened in worldly things than even Jesus was. He never knew anything about the stars or the planets or people going to Mars. He was a spiritual genius. But we can't be entrapped in that kind of religious rhetoric that is docile and juvenile, and it is not unity, and it is not what I stood up to give my life to establish in the earth. And we have a long history of people that did it before us. You always go back and pay attention to Miss Parks. Pay attention to Dr. King. Pay attention to all of those persons before us, Ella Baker. Pay attention to those persons who paved the way. Pay attention to Paul Robeson. Pay attention to those persons who gave their lives, gave their time that we might have the freedoms. I didn't just get here on my own. I'm standing on the shoulders of Bayard Rustin. I'm standing on the shoulders of those persons, Jimmy Baldwin. I'm standing on the shoulders of Langston Hughes. I'm standing on the shoulders of those persons before me that were out front in the fight. They never separated us from the black struggle Langston was a part of the black struggle. Jimmy was a part of the black struggle. You have on film him debating Malcolm. I never felt I needed to leave my people. Our people have always, always embraced us, or I couldn't have recorded I was born this way on the largest black label ever to be known in the recording world. So remember that when they call my name, that I didn't do it on some label outside of Black America. It was done on the label inside of Black America that's most known. And they caused me to be able to make that statement in Black America to the world itself. Understand what really happened when that took place. It was it, through our people, with our people, in 1977. That's way before others allowed their artists to talk about being homosexual in the public arena in the way that they allowed me to do it. And that was from our people, by our people, funded by our people. You, you can't leave any of that history out. So that's the most important thing for me to say to you today. Hear from my lips our purpose, our call, and what it is we were birth. To do and make sure you're doing that and don't get lost in a lackadaisical, docile singing of hymns that were written by another culture, from another culture, usually to, to destroy who we were. It's important that you're always mindful in whatever you're doing, be mindful in whatever you're saying, whatever groups you're meeting in. Whatever edicts you, you put out, before you put something out for public consumption, make sure in it there is contained that continuous element of liberation. If it comes from any Unity Fellowship Church or the voices within, be vigilant around freedom and equality and justice first, for that is the call of God. There can be no liberty without those elements being contained therein. So that is the thing I want to say to you more than anything. I'm getting older. I cannot travel like I used to. I can't always be present. But these are the venues that give me the opportunity to be present. These are the things I would have said with, in, in the ball that night. These are the things I would have preached in the church had I been there this year. And so I would just want you to really understand who you are and what you were called to do. Stop this petty fighting, infighting, dividing. Divide and conquer is always their strategy. Stop this craziness. Find ways to go in the back room and come together around issues. You must understand the importance of that and not allow yourselves to be constantly divided and fighting over trivialities when we're talking about the survival of our people. We are a part of the fight for survival as a black people, as an African people. We cannot ever divorce our fight as same-gender loving people from the fight of our young brothers being murdered by policemen every day in the streets of America. It is the same fight, and you must not lose that clarity. All of it is the same battle, and that is very important for you to understand. It is not separate. My journey is from Harlem. I was a young homosexual man in Harlem. Harlem. I was not down in the village. We were in black gay bars on 125th Street, on a, on Eighth Avenue. I was in the Apollo backstage with Moms Mabley, other gay and lesbian artists. My journey was uptown in Black America in Baltimore, my home. It was among our own. It was. It comes from when we were segregated. You, there was nowhere for you to move outside of Black America when I was a young gay boy, and my lesbian sisters around me that were butch and otherwise, we were in segregated black America. So our journey is out of our people's struggle. Don't let anyone tell you it's separate. It's not. That's why I established our church in South Central Los Angeles, not in West Hollywood. We needed to do our work among our own. And please, please be conscious of that fact. We don't not like or love our brothers and sisters that are in the struggle, in the village or whatever, but our history is a different history. It did not start at the bar in the village. My history is my people's history. The first march I attended is 1957, before 63, the prayer pilgrimage in D.C. We went several years before. It was like the rehearsal for 63. That is that is what nurtured me. Thurgood Marshall came to speak to us as the junior branch of the NAACP in Baltimore, Maryland. When I was seven and eight and nine there in Baltimore, it was a part—this struggle is a part of the black struggle. It's not separate from—and that's another thing you must be conscious of. My greatest uh, help was Maxine Waters out here. It was— it was the other black politicians. As I said earlier, it was the NAACP. It was the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. It was those progressive voices in our community. It wasn't the white gay community. I have nothing against my brothers and sisters, but you must know the truth. Part of what I was fighting was that very community that still cards us in parts of the country. And certain nights of black night at, at clubs, even here in L.A., still. The hip-hop night, that's just another way of saying this is the night we're going to play the traditional music from your community. To me, that's like sharecropping us. I I wouldn't dare step in one of those joints and make them richer, and they're going to create a night for my people. And on other nights, they card us two and three and four IDs to get in that racist behavior is still going on in the broader gay community. We can't ignore any of that. And as I said, I'm going to take up the whole show. It's just a few things I wanted to make sure you heard from me.
0: Yes, okay. Sir.
1: So I have a question for you, Archbishop. If someone said, if someone asked you, what is liberation theology? What would be, and, and from where was it
3: born? What would be your answer? Liberation theology as a studied form comes out of Latin America. It was Catholic priests at the time in Latin America who stood up against the uh, regimes in, in those countries that were in cahoots often with the hierarchy of the Catholic Church the Pope and what have you these were young priests who fought back against the oppression of the poor. that's where you will see now when it comes to our community you you look historically you can look up um, social justice and you'll see social Religious titles with the word social in it is kind of marking that same march in American theology. But liberation theology, simply, theology is simply God talk. So liberation theology is ongoing, it's ever evolving. That's one of the things, in order to be free around spirituality, you can never be tied to something when it was born and what it did at the time of its birthing. So liberation theology is an ongoing concept of people defining their spirituality or their concept of God in ways that that entity fits their struggle. So when I could not stomach what I was being asked to do as our brothers and sisters were dying. And when I started looking into, when I walked away from the industry, it's because I started looking into, well, what is this thing? And it didn't even have a name for it. It was called GRID in the beginning, Gay-Related Immunodeficiency Syndrome. And they were Mm. trying to name it and tried to come. So when I started to get the information, when I first saw the stats, the white, Uh, Gay Community was just talking about gay men. When I started to really dig in to get information, when I saw the first stats that I held in my hand from the CDC, it categorized black heterosexual women, black babies being born with the virus, uh, this huge category of heterosexual men and women that were IV drug users, None of that was being talked about when they were talking about this new gay uh, virus at the time before they named it. They were simply saying it's being found in gay men. When I went to, when it was bugging me and I said I need to find out what this is, then I saw these other numbers. No one was saying black women or babies, black babies, brown babies being born with it heterosexual men and women uh, infected through IV drug uses. None of that was in the news media. None none of that was being talked about. It was as if that didn't really matter. It was gay-related immunodeficiency syndrome. And that's when I said, well, if I didn't know this as a gay man, then my people really don't know it. So I've got to go back to my people and say, look, this is not a gay disease. And it's not just infecting gay men in our community. we got women languishing privately, hiding with this disease. We've got babies being born with disease. We've got brothers and sisters who've been using IV drugs, heroin and stuff, who have this disease. We've got sickle cell folk and and leukemia that, that have this disease because of blood transfusion. So I had to come back and say something that wasn't being said in the media. So there again, I was getting calls. I hope all you fag... When I got the first... Put my number in the paper with the first article that this black preacher is going around trying to do something with this grid, I would get calls every day. I hope you faggot, you die. I hope all you niggas die for me. That's what unity's born out of. Not all. we went to have prayer meeting. it came out of the continued struggle for our survival. That was constant when I picked up my phone every morning. There were, there were threats of bombs in L.A. We had to call the cops in. I had to go to court to, to really testify about a man who bought a bag and set it in the foyer of Unity Fellowship L.A. And, and told us a bomb was in there. The detectives had to come and empty the church. Vera, myself, and others had to actually go to court and they gave him time and locked him up. You must understand who unity is and how it came about and what its journey is. That is the difference. It was like there was no mention that our sisters were dying. There was no mention that babies that looked like me were being born with the virus. It was not even in the news track. So I had to come back and begin to say, hey, this is not quite like they're saying it. This is what's going on with us. That's why I believe Dorothy Height embraced me and brought the power of the entire National Council of Negro Women to the fore with me. That the NAACP embraced me. The Southern Christian Leadership Conference, as an openly gay man, they embraced me and stood with me. When Dorothy started the Black Family Reunion, she insisted that we be in the parade and carry our own signs and make them up. And she presented me with the, with the Legacy Award from Ms. Bethune. She said at their meeting that year, I want to give this award to him because I want the entire National Council to understand I stand with him. This is our brother leading us in this struggle with AIDS. So that's, that's who we are. That's who Unity is, not separate from a continual part of our people's fight and push for liberation and freedom in this system. So liberation theology is the continued writing of God as God shows up in your life, as God shows up in our struggle. It's defining that which is greater than you and how you interact with it and who it is. Don't get stuck on a text, a book, when it was written, you are continuing to write spirituality. If you write a book, it is your testament. That's all the testament is. It is a testimony of a particular person's journey at that time in history. It is not God. Please, please hear me today. folk in this movement, folk who go to these churches, others who respond, because out of what God asked me to do, then uh, all of these other black gay and lesbian Christian movements have come from what I was called to do then. I call all of my children. I don't care what names they use on on, on the sign outside. All of them came out of what I was asked to do then. And I love all of them, but don't ever get lost in the idea that you can just be emotional and frivolous and that you can somehow not stay glued to the fact that it is a constant struggle for the rights of our survival as a people, not the Christian church, the survival of our people, atheist, agnostic, uh, Hebrew, I don't care what title... It's for the survival of the human family. Spirituality is much bigger than the Christian dynamic. And black Christianity itself is a form of liberation theology. Remember, in Philadelphia, they said, we will not take communion when you get finished. We will not sit in the back in the balcony. And they got up and walked out of the Methodist church and, was, and the AME church was birthed. When they had no rights, they did that. That's our history. When they, had, they couldn't even vote, they did that. They just had enough wherewithal within themselves to say, we're not going to take this anymore. And they couldn't vote. They couldn't put money in the bank. But they walked out of that church in Philly and established the AME Church. We are the continuation of that kind of liberation in thought, in mind, in spirit. That is who I was sent to be, called to be. And that is who we are. And, and the, when I was giving, love is for everyone. God is love. That's in every great writing, whether Quran, Bible, I don't care, Hindu, Buddhist, that, that is where everyone lands, that God is love love is for everyone. For years, I didn't know it spelled life. It took one of my students in L.A. to say, Pastor, you know what? Our, the acronym for our motto, I said, what are you talking about? It's life. I said, what are you talking about? They said, love is for everyone. It's L-I-F-E. It blew me away, and that was years after I was using it. And I said, oh, my God, and I got it. But that's what it is. Our spiritual journey is that. Love is For everyone. They don't have to even have a spiritual thought. Love is God. God is love. Not Baptist, not Pentecostal, not Catholic, not Christian. Love is for everyone. That's unity. And you can't make unity anything else. If you do, it is not unity. So understand that and and be ever vigilant. As I say. If God says so I'll be seventy four, I don't know how many more I got ahead of me. But this must live on. But it must live on authentically. It must live on in an authentic fashion. And it must stand firm on what it comes from. You must own that. Own doctor King. He is the foundation of who we are. Own Miss Bethune. Own those people. Hurry Tubman. Oh, it is who we come from. It is who we are part and parcel of. We don't spring forth from a fight in the village in 69. I applaud that. They are my brothers and sisters in the fight for liberation. But that is not what we... I was gay in Baltimore in 50. I was a little boy that was effeminate. I came up around... Very butch women and very feminine. In those days, we said drag queens. We didn't have the word transgender. But I came up in that milieu in Baltimore in the 50s. I was, quote, in what they called drags in black Baltimore. In the 50s, walking up and down the street in black Baltimore, not in a black gay community separate from the community. We've always been in the midst of the community, always. Nothing new. There was nowhere to go during times of segregation. We didn't have the wherewithal to leave the black community. So black people have always embraced their own kind. You must understand that. Langston wrote his work in Harlem. Jimmy Baldwin did his work in Harlem. You must understand that. Moms Mabley wore men's suits, ties, shirts in Harlem. Harlem, we were all young, backstage at the Apollo, very gay. It was about our talent. It wasn't about our sexual orientation. No one was saying, you need to butch it up. We were who we were in Harlem, in black Baltimore. To Understand your history. Your founder is from black America. His entire journey is black, his entire Journey. I can't say it enough. Everything that you know of me, everything that I was allowed to do in this world has been born out of my people and our struggle. Everything. Every, and remember, unity, remember, every move I made comes out of our people's. Everyone who backed me comes from our people, our major civil rights organizations. Backed unity. Backed minority AIDS project. It don't, don't separate yourselves. You, they can't call National Council of Negro Women and not call unity. You sit here with the Legacy Award for Mary McLeod Bethune. We have it. We have the Image Award. We have it. As openly gay people on the front lines in the fight against AIDS, they said we were the leaders of the community in the AIDS fight. They would say, ask Reverend Bean, that's our AIDS man. That's how they said it in those days. Reverend Bean, what do you need to say about that? When other communities would try to come and take all the money, Maxine and them would stand, wait a minute, wait, we got our own AIDS man here. That's the kind of language. It was black church women who fought in this county to get me funding. They said, no, 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 we don't care about any of that stuff you are saying." Our AIDS man is Reverend Bean, and if there's any money in the county or the city for AIDS, you got to give it to our AIDS man. That was old black women with probably third and fourth grade education, but that's who was with me in the fight at the Board of Supervisors in the county. It was our people. We are not separate from our people. I'm done. I didn't mean to take up all the time, Therese. I'm sorry.
2: No, 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 no. This needed to be said more than you absolutely know. Um, I I can't thank you enough. You know, one for continuously educating me in some areas that I just did not know, and it's so important that people understand this because I've I've fostered conversations, particularly in the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, something interesting in the divide came up right after. Uh, we, quote-unquote, got, you know, the marriage equality thing passed. You know, people were saying, oh, well, they're separating it from the Black Lives Matter. And I'm like, absolutely not. It is not separate. And people say, oh, well, the gays, quote-unquote, got their stuff. And, you know, now we're over here when, when the boys are getting shot in the street and brutality is happening. And they see it as a separate thing, and they do not see that we are part of this everything we are integrated you cannot remove yourself from that you know and, and and how you define what's going on and it is so incredibly important that you just said that you know um and i pray certain individuals that you know were very uh, vocal on my timeline you know um about how separatism the gays get this and we don't separating african-american struggles you know, yeah. from gay struggles and it is not you have gay people on the front lines in the Black Lives Matter. So please understand like, how vast and how prolific your statement was right now because that's what needed to be shared. So thank you. Like, I'm, just, I'm listening as a student. I'm listening as, a, as a, someone who just um, you know, embraces and, and needed to hear exactly what you said, Bishop. So there's no apology necessary. I, I'd like you to continue because you know, um, that's important. It really is. It's important.
3: Well, hopefully, if, if, if the Lord says so, I hope to be up in 18 and kind of back on my feet. And one of the last things I've asked the strength to do from Spirit is I hope to be able to come around the country and do personal seminars where you all can come in a room with me and just hear from me and ask me whatever questions you need. I That's like kind of the... The the, the the culmination of what I'd like to do in my latter years, uh, make myself available outside of the religious setting, but just in a setting around spirituality and social justice where everyone uh, is welcome um, and is able to have me personally present to hear my own voice and to get knowledge around whatever it is because it's, it's just so important that they know because if I don't make you guys aware, they will rewrite the history with my eyes closed. Oh, yes. You know, and pe- they'll just feed me. it to our people as if it is the truth. As I say, I stand with all of my brothers, all of my sisters in the fight for social justice but you can't uh, destroy or erase the historical dynamic of what brought us forward. What produced Carl Bean? I'm out of the Jackie Robinson Youth Council of the NAACP from seven years old in Baltimore. It, it, you can't you can't take that piece out and get a Carl Bean. I I was steeped in the knowledge of. Who I am and and how I identify with my people and my people's struggle, and it's that that called me forward when the time came around the the whole movement among our people, the same gender loving people. I never pretended to be heterosexual in any part of my journey. I never dated girls, took them to the prom. I was always very gay, very. Very much myself throughout my adolescence, my youth, I was that person, and I was an integral part of black Baltimore. Same thing when I got to New York to pursue my career as a singer. I was an integral part of Harlem, and I was very much who I was. My community never asked me to butch it up or any of that. And I sat in rooms with James Baldwin, and they never asked him well, don't be gay, that, that he, they, they dealt with his brilliance and his ability to advocate for social justice and rights. And that's why you see that, that uh, debate between he and Malcolm. You see that film of him sitting on one of the talk shows, and they asked him what about his sexuality and being black, and he answered, I feel I have the best of both worlds. They're, they're on tape. So those were the people I saw, as I said earlier, Moms Mabley wore that old kind of maid stuff or whatever on stage, but backstage she was in very male attire. No one was saying, well, Moms, you shouldn't wear that. I don't have a history of that kind, the kind of stuff they say, oh, well, the black community is far more conservative. That's garbage. I don't know where they got that from. It's not the truth. I, I don't see any major gay anything by my white brothers and sisters founded in their communities. Unity was founded in South Central. It's always lived in South Central. MAP was, is in South Central. The work of it is in South Central, not in West Hollywood in the gay center. That's not where it was founded or birthed. Or thrived when Dion and, and Natalie and all of them came to help me put on that first fundraiser. It was in, they came to MAPS address in South Central and the press came to interview us there. So that it, we were birthed in our community. I've never not taken anything from it, just to be clear about the history. I've never walked into the bar in the village. I've never stepped foot in that place. That's, I can't build my liberation from there. I've mm. never been a part of that. And I, in 60s, I was birthed in as a singer in Harlem. Our first hit was in 64, Long as I Got Jesus, The Gospel Wonders of New York. A lot of people think James Cleveland wrote it. He didn't. I've been lied on, cheated, talked about, mistreated. Bukes gone, talked about George Dubon. Long, long, long as I got him. That came from the Gospel Wonders of Harlem, New York. He heard it on a program when we opened for him, and it made it so tough for him to get up behind us. Next thing we knew, he had gone into Savoy in Jersey and cut it because he was the star of the label, and he got first preference, and his started being spun on the air and they took the Wonders off and started the jockey started playing his cut of it. But that came out of Harlem, Valerie, Nick. All of us were young people. D.D. Warwick, Dion. We were young church kids that they said, this sound they got can sell these records. Eighty-five, Probably 80% of what you hear in the old R&B records are not those groups, are not those backgrounds. They were called the girls. And they liked, quote, I was baby boy then. Baby boy, come on, go with us and sing the low part if they need a male. That's how they, the New York family welcomed me in, as if I were born and raised in Harlem or Brooklyn or something. And out of that, they were just the girls then. And then Jerry Wester decided... Let's give them a name because they were selling Aretha's, all of those backgrounds with Aretha Winston, uh, uh, what's his name, In the Midnight Hour, him, I'm going to work till the midnight, all of those things, some of the drifters background, yeah. that was mostly them. And Jerry decided to give them the name Sweet Inspirations, cut the tune, and, of course, the rest is history. And then they went on to be on everybody's background, their last years of, of active work was working with Presley in Vegas. Estelle and them still go out and do some kind of thing where Presley's on the screen and they sing. Any of them that was living at the time work these uh, cruise ships and stuff. They make a great living doing that now. I just talked to Estelle a few days ago, but we come out of that. We were running up and down in the gay bar uptown. town we, we, it had big windows that you could see in off of 100th Street. We didn't have this idea that we need to hide in here and we can't touch each other. That was not going on uptown. I don't know who owned them. It might have been owned by the mafia, but I never had a sense of, oh, my God, I need to be scared in the bar uptown. I need to make sure no one touches me or I touch them. I never had those feelings. All through the 60s, at the Silver Rail, at the J's, Andre's, at Fantasia, which was going strong in the block before the Apollo, as you came about the subway, the block west, on the same side of the street as the Apollo, Fantasia was on that same side of the street. Years later, J's was on the same side of the street. Andre's, which was the Silver Rail before, was right around the corner on 8th Avenue. We walked the other big gay bar, was up at 135th, I think that was, the Big Apple, right across from the Y. We strolled from uh, the bar at 125th, down 125th, up 7th to the Big Apple in groups, very gay, in the 60s. There was, we weren't somebody going to beat us up. That was never a fear that, oh, see we're homosexual, we need to hide that. That was not my life in Harlem at all. So it's just important that that truth be told. You can go back to the 20s. You will see pictures of very butch women owning clubs in Harlem. I'm blanking on the woman's name, but she's a central figure where they show her in a tuxedo and the top hat, and she had her club. And all of those uh, lesbian and bisexual women – Uh, that went expatriated and went to France, Bricktop, just about six or seven of them that were huge, they were known to be bisexual women. Even if you look further down, you look at uh, Billie Holiday, Lena Horne, and at the last book they talk about her female lover, who was a big part of the National Council. That's in the last big book on her life. So it's like, you know, the guy who wrote most of the stuff for Duke Ellington, Billy Strayhorn, always was gay. Everybody loved him as who he was. And there were many others. That's why I was very comfortable in show business, being who I was. So that's, that's just history you need to know. Yes, there were some that had to do those things and felt the need to do it, but that was not the case for everyone. I was a drum major, 14 to 15 in Baltimore, twirling batons in front of the Elks, which was one of the largest social civil organizations, the Elks, the Mason, the Reindeer. I was in that drum and bugle corps. I used to get paid to march with different bands because I could light up a field. I didn't even go to Dunbar High. They hired me when they played the football game on Thanksgiving Day, uh, with Howard and Morgan coming to Baltimore, and the band was invited to march. They have hired me to march in front of their band, very gay, because of my ability to twirl and excite the audience. That's my history. It ain't something that just, oh, I was running around trying to play football and trying to act butch. That's not truth. And that was in my community. And as I said earlier, they always say that, well, the black community is much more conservative I don't see the white uh, gay Irishmen starting a white gay Irish organization in the Irish section of New York. As a matter of fact, for years they didn't even want them to march in their parade. I don't see a great gay something in the Italian community where they say the mafioso run. So who who is the conservative ones? Who is not our people? But if we die that mistruth will become the truth because there will be no voices left to refute it. And so that's what I consider the important thing for the rest of my years because Jimmy is gone and Moms Mabley is gone and, and, and Langston is gone and Bayard Rustin is gone and there's just a few of us that the virus didn't wipe out And we've got to make sure those of you coming behind us know that history, record that history, and say, no, we got this firsthand. This isn't something we heard from someone. We got this from one of our own who lived it in our community and was successful in the arts in our community and is telling the truth about who we've always been. That's what I consider it important for me to do before my time shall come to leave the planet, so that it is not rewritten in an erroneous way that doesn't tell the truth about the love and the nurturing of black people in this country. It is essential that we tell that truth and that we show that. I I love my people. I love our history. I love... Everything about us, our culture, I love our rhythms, I love the fact that most of what is created in America came out of us, jazz, R&B, most of that came through us, blues. Those dynamics come right out of us from the a lot of it from the motherland, all those rhythms straight out of Africa, out of those tribes that were dropped in South Carolina, the Virginias, New Orleans. They always ask me, what kind of singer do you consider? I am a singer of the soil. Mm -hmm. I am a singer of the earth. I am a black, southern earth singer. I was just born up south in Maryland. That's all. That's all the Mason Dixon. But that's who I am. I am not a disco singer. I am not a gospel singer. I am a singer that is of African descent, and I can sing all of that that our people created, whether it's jazz, whether it's, it's disco, because that comes out of us. Those rhythms, those dance rhythms, those rhythmic patterns, that comes out of us. You From the first one, Boogie Down, that thing that Eddie Kendrick did, all of that, most of us that were successful, come out of the black gospel and blues tradition Lolita Holloway myself you name them it's just a continuation of our people's dynamic and creative abilities it's a continu- we need to stop that how is it that that Beethoven and 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 all those folk old music is called classical and we call ours old school that's nuts
2: yes yeah.
3: Ours you know, is the continuation of a great art form and thus it continues. Hip hop, it's just a, a name of how it continues. It's the same music, it's the same beats, the same rhythms. People you can go back to Pigmeat Markham talking over rhythmic patterns. Here come the judge, here come the judge. Everybody talking about it, here come that's way back when I was a kid. In my youth, there was that kind of poetry over music. I remember when the New York Community Choir, which all of my friends were a part of out of O'Neill's Church in Harlem, sang behind Nikki Giovanni, and that album was a smash. She did poetry over gospel, too. But I also remember the last poet. And how popular they were. Gil Scott Heron. It's a continuation of the art form. No matter what title or name they give it. It is a continuation of the black dynamic. The black ethic in creativity. And we must be able to define it. and let Stop letting other people define it. It is who we are. Part and parcel. And we must be aware of that. We stop this. Old school. What is old school? All these singers ought to be able to make a living right now in America. Blues, Black blues artists are to be able to make a living right now in America. Tony Bennett is 90 and still gigging. But we let them tell us to call our older singer old school and put them in the oldies but goodies track, and they can only work certain places. All of that is racism, and we need to Fight it like crazy. There's just so much more. I hope to get the chance to tour and share with you in 2018. That is my cry to God. Let me go around this country and sit in rooms with, with my constituency and talk to them personally. Let them ask me what they need to ask me so they can define my first Broadway show was Black Nativity. The book was written by Langston Hughes. The Braffin Singers and the Stars of Faith, who had been the Ward Singers, were the groups that were out front in Black Nativity. The book was by Langston. Vanette Carroll, who was just reading, and that became the entrepreneur who created the Urban Art Core, out of which we developed. Uh, Arms Too Short, The Box With God, Don't Bother Me, I Can't Cope, came out of Urban Art Corps in the late 60s, early 70s. Vanette was a woman who loved women. Alvin Ailey, we were always present, and we weren't hiding. And it's just so important. They're always talking about other people who are openly gay. We were too. And we were on the front lines and in the major Broadway theaters. Eighty five percent of the cast was gay and lesbian. And it's essential that you know who Burnett Carroll was and read about her and look her up and see how she came along when the great quote White Way wasn't doing so good and developed those black shows that began to make money hand over foot. It's just there's just so much that gets, lack of a better word, whitewashed. And it's not truth, and it's just essential that you know those things, and that you lift the people that have been there. Nona Hendrix has never hidden who she is, and was the major source of the material for the Bell. She and Vicki Wickham have been together for, I don't know how many years now, and been proudly walking together as a couple. For years and years, the whole life of LaBelle, Nona was who she was. So it's just real important. There's just so much that we have to make sure it's recorded and that we're able to spit it out. When we get on panels and they say, well, you know, the black community is so conservative, they told that lie around marriage equality, and look at what happened in Maryland. They voted for it, and you had black preachers who stood up in the midst of those other fundamentalist black preachers and told their congress, this is a civil ordinance. It has nothing to do with your theology. Everyone who pays taxes need to have the right. We are a part of that lineage of black theology, of social theology, of those men who stood up in Maryland just a few years ago, and say this has nothing to do with your religion. This has to do with civil rights, social equality. And they need to have all of the same rights that the rest of us have. So, again, those were those preachers, black in Maryland, who stood up at a time when it was needed. That history must be remembered. It continues to go on. You can concentrate on those that are fighting you. You will never get anywhere. Concentrate on those that are with you. Get in the room with them and come out strong and be a force against. Be the resistance. Don't spend all your energy talking about those who don't agree. Find out who your brothers and sisters are that do agree. Come together Put your minds together, your heads together. I have nothing against that. That's important that you have coalition. But don't let just being in coalition rewrite your journey, your history. That's what's so important in this. So, again, I didn't mean to, to be the Carl Bean show. So, But anyway, <laughs> while I'm living, you need to hear it from me. That's all.
1: Absolutely, and we'll be having you back on throughout 2018 because it's, it's, an, it's going to be a very important and powerful year, and your voice needs to be heard. And as Therese said, this show is recorded, and anything else that I can do you know, to assist in making sure that your voice is heard, you know I'm going to do that. And again, Cheryl and I love you to pieces, but you already know that.
2: I just want to go on record for saying I also want to. I got some things in mind, and thank you for the inspiration, Bishop Bean. I will want. I want to be in contact with you so I can. Um, you just. You just inspired so much. You have no idea, but you will. You will, be I look forward to it. sitting well, down hit with you face to face.
3: Up on Facebook, and I'll give you all my information.
2: Perfect. We'll do.
3: All right. That's going to be powerful. I'm looking right forward. Is. And, Javon, thank, yeah, you, thank you for being that link that caused us, us to come together. And thank you for saying yes to your creative inclinations to take this platform from which we can speak when others may not invite us to speak but only invite those that they are comfortable with to represent our people. Uh, it's important that platforms such as yours uh, have ways for us to get the truth out there. And, and as Therese said earlier, this is a time that we must be vigilant. This is, this is a very dangerous time. They're just cloaking it under different wordings and titles, but it's the same ugly, racist propaganda uh, at work in, in this country right now to uh, make us third- and fourth-class citizens if they can, and we've got to fight it. That Republican Party as a whole, I don't want to hear about not all of them as a whole, they vote to destroy the things that would lift the general populace, black, white, brown, it doesn't matter. They just voted to get rid of the personal mandate, to keep the insurance, the ACA funded as a whole. They keep showing us. So if you keep showing me, I don't have to ask who you are. You right. show exactly. I buy what you show me. And right now that's at work against our very survival. And ain't nobody gonna leave it now that they done thrown them out and talk about coming back to our people. I ain't buying it.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. I want to thank you both so very much for giving up some of your time on this beautiful, blessed Saturday afternoon. And for everybody who's been watching on live, I mean, there's been a lot of people making comments. Some people have inboxed me things, and I, I we just don't have time to read those things. But um, I just want you, Arch- Archbishop, to know, and you, Therese, to know that y'all are very inspirational Um Monumental in in the legacy that you continue to create, continue to create because it ain't over till it's over, so we're going to record everything, everything and and make sure that everybody knows what it is that needs to be said and and hear what what needs to be heard from from your lips, you know, well, and, I, um I appreciate that, daughter well, we love you. We love you and we appreciate you. And Very honestly, nice. all the things that I've done, you know, creatively actually was inspired inspired by the Unity Fellowship Church movement. And and, and, and allowed me the personal freedom to do it all. You know, that freedom that, that comes from knowing that your voice matters. And I got that from from Unity uh, Fellowship Church movement. So the songs that I write, it's always dedicated back right back to you because that's that's where the songs come from, especially those songs that that are of a spiritual nature. Now some of them songs we know Cheryl inspires from, you know, but I ain't gonna talk about that right now. <laughs> but the other songs, you know, those those absolutely 100%. Without a shadow of a doubt, and I tell it all the time, I admit it, I I spit it, and and I'm happy to to confess it, that a lot of times those songs are just inspirations from something that I've heard, felt, or experienced through my Unity Fellowship experience.
3: And, And that's thanks to you. Well, thank you. I bless you for that. Uh, you and Therese both, just know the importance of who you, both of you are today, what it is that you will continue, and why you were chosen. Walk proud in that call. Never be afraid of the things that spirit places in your heart. uh, They're only a, a moment away from materializing. That is to say that, the moment you own what you're inspired to do and make the move to do it, the help that you need will show up. I'm a living witness. It'll be rough sometimes in the going, but if it's, if it's from the heart and you mean it for the betterment of the human family, the things you need will show up in ways that will surprise you, and you will bring that thing to fruition. I just want to encourage all of you out there, don't shy away or shun the things that come up in your spirit to get done for the people and for our people especially in the way that we are harassed and killed and treated in this unjust society. Know that if it's in your heart, step out on faith and it, it will materialize and you will cause it to come to fruition, and you will see it come and become what you were inspired to make it. So that's the thing that I want to give in these retiring years, the opportunity to, to sit with you, talk with you, share with you, and to inspire you to do things long after I'm gone, to keep walking in that tradition of liberation and social justice and human rights, and that we, we can't ever retire any of that because you're on a strong footing. You're standing on solid ground. Never doubt that. So I just love you all. I love how you've been called. I love what you were called to do. Therese, you and your sweetheart, let her know how much I love her and what she's done and what you all do every time you step out in the public arena. Same thing for you, Javon, and your sweetheart with that beautiful voice. I'll never forget her singing Order My Steps. It still rings in my heart from years ago in Newark.
0: So
3: use your gifts, use your talents, and go forth with whatever it is that you know this is right, this is bubbling in me, and I just feel i got to do it. Trust it. Trust your inspiration. Trust your call and step out on it, and it'll come true. I, I can promise you that it'll come true. With all the stuff you might have to go through, don't let any of that stop you. Just keep pushing forward with what you know you're inspired to make happen. And I do look forward to seeing you all in the coming year and being in your presence and breaking bread with you and laughing with you and all that
2: good stuff. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. All right, y'all. Thank you. You're more than welcome.
1: What what I'm going to do right now is for those people who have been, I don't know, maybe under a rock somewhere or just born yesterday, maybe they've never heard born this way, But I'm going to play it on the outro. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, for joining in. And um, from us to you, we live you, we love you. Stay strong and be worthy of the bullet coming to get you.
3: I'm walking through life in nature's disguise.
0: Yeah. You laugh at me. And you criticize, yeah, cause I'm happy, carefree, and gain, yes, I'm gain. Ain't no fault in the fact I was born this way, yeah, now I won't put you.